The Blue Bloods. The Cinderella Stories. Which teams are you taking to go all the way? And which teams are going home early? It's time to go inside the tournament. This is Bracket Breakdown, presented by Gruber Law Offices. Live from the Gruber Law Offices One Call That's All studios at Radio City, here's Craig Carmison, David Gruber, and Stephen Watson. Start hour two the way we started hour one, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. As uh, we open the show, we're also joined by Stephen Gruber. And um, Badgers in that south bracket. And when it comes out, you see Baylor and North Carolina as the two names you hear before Wisconsin. David, did that make you feel uh, optimistic or pessimistic about the Badgers' uh, hopes this year? Pessimistic, because I think they're going to grind out a victory, as we discussed in Game 1, but I I think Baylor has it all. They really have it all. Well, we are going to ask you a question about Wisconsin right now. And uh, let's open this one up. But in the last 10 years, besides... Their leading scorer, which would be? Frank the Tank. Nope. No. Uh, yeah, someone who played a little, who had a little... Gosser? No, no, no. Hap. Oh, duh. Ethan yeah. Hap. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, Ethan Hap. I thought that was the obvious. Yeah. I didn't want to throw that one out there. So, besides Ethan Hap, who is the Badgers' leading scorer over the last 10 years? 800-990 ESPN. 800-990-3776. You can talk or text on that one. Actually, no, I want to go around the horn on this one and see what people go with. Uh, Steven Groover, who do you got on that one? Badgers leading scorer over the last 10 years besides Ethan Happ. Wow. That's, a, that's an interesting one. I'd probably go uh, Sam Decker. All right. Go Sam Decker. Chris Larson? Oh, man. Nigel Hayes? I mean, okay. Uh, that's a good pick. Steven Watson, who, who are you going with? I was stuck between Nigel and Jordan Taylor, and I'm going to go with Jordan Taylor. Okay. David? I think I'll go with Jordan Taylor. The correct answer was Nigel Hayes. Oh, wow. Second leading scorer over the last 10 years for the Wisconsin Badgers, who do take on North Carolina. Steven Gruber, how do you break that one down? Oh, that's... I think the Badgers will get the win. I do. I, I don't think it's a great matchup. I don't think either team was happy to see each other across from uh, each other, but I think the Badgers uh, will get this victory, and then Baylor is just really, really tough. I think the Badgers will put up a really good game, and it'll come down to the last few minutes, but I think Baylor will squeak past them. But I do think the Badgers will uh, will beat North Carolina, but North Carolina has a huge front court. Uh, I still think the Badgers will tough it out and, and get the victory there. See, I actually was kind of happy when I saw this matchup, especially when I'd seen the first two regions come out. LSU was an eight seed, you know, and I'm thinking like, uh-oh. Like, if the Badgers had played LSU, I would have been very concerned after having watched that game. And then UIC as an eight seed, I think would have been really tough for the Badgers. I've, I've seen UIC play two games this year. I, I think North Carolina is so different. And... and 
I think, you know, if you go back, a way back to the 2000 uh, Final Four run, like, that was a that was a team where North Carolina, North Carolina and Wisconsin both went to the Final Four. How about that for there a little nugget? Uh, but um, I, I, I think this is a... Uh, this is an absolute uh, you know, opposite of the mem- momentum play that Stephen was talking about earlier. A 4-8 and eight team coming into this tournament that has to use their maturity to feel good enough about themselves to get it done in a game against uh, a team that is going to be bursting athletically against them. Yeah, Roy Williams has never lost an opening round game in the NCAA tournament. He's 29-0, and 15-0 at UNC. But I just think that the, the Badgers are playing themselves in this first game, right? Like they, they, they are a more talented, experienced team. But if they come out and their fundamentals are what we've seen down the stretch of their season, they turn the ball over, they go through eight, nine-minute stretches of, of missing a shot, like there's a very realistic possibility the Badgers are going to lose and could lose badly. Does but, anyone have them winning? But I do think they will win. Anyone have them going to the Sweet 16? No. 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 I yeah. just think the Badgers are going to be happy that they're not playing Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, or Michigan, and uh, that's why I feel good with them over Carolina. And and, and Baylor, you said you do think they can play with, though. Oh yes, I, Seaman said that, but yes, absolutely. I, I think I think they can play with anybody. Like I said, we they're, we're on the short end, but we keep watching them play. You know, these are all top ten teams, top five teams in their league that they're playing every other game. So I mean, I don't think the competition. I don't think they're going to be. They'd be phased by playing playing Baylor or playing or playing uh, Gonz- uh, or playing Gonzaga or playing Alabama. I don't think anyone's going to phase them. Question is if they could end up on top at the end of the game. Right, and I was a high scoring team. I mean, Baylor's a super super high scoring team, shooting just scores a ton of points. I mean, well, they average eighty five points a game. They play yeah. good D though too. Yeah, they have three guards, Badgers, three really good guards. Um, hmm. So wait, they score 85 points a game and they play really good D. That seems like a dangerous uh, team to play against. Um, all right, well, let's look at uh, the other Big Ten team uh, at, at that top of their bracket. Could play a Big East team. Um, but as you guys see it, do you see? I, I know there's a very popular Winthrop over uh, Villanova being picked. Anyone have that 12-5 uh, going down? That's the, I do. That's the only one I have, I, I think. I think Villanova just stepped in quicksand at the wrong time. Again, I think Jay Wright's the top 10 coach in the country, and he could help regroup them. But when you lose your point guard, you know, I really think you lose the leadership on the court. So that, that, I talked about how the other ones could happen, but this is the one I picked. I think Winthrop's going to. So that's and, your 12 and, over And it's five. not even Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore, too. They've lost three of four games to unranked teams heading into the big dance. I, I, this is just a prime 12-5 upset. I also have Winthrop winning in this game. Uh, I saw that they're the lowest or the only one-loss team in NCAA history to be a double-digit seed. Um, I, I, I think that it's just not the year for Jay Wright's team. Injuries hitting them in stride. A 12 seed has won. Uh, you know, they won three of four games in the 2019 tournament. I think this is a great opportunity to take that 12-5 upset. Steven, are you are you going to make it three for three here? I am not. I think somehow, some way, Villanova, Robinson Earl, they're they're just going to win the game. I don't know how they're going to win it. 
but they're going to somehow win the game. It'll be a close game. It'll go down to the last few minutes, but I think Villanova will squeak past uh, Winthrop. Now, Stephen uh, Watson, you had your East was your crazy region. I have my craziness going on in the South and in that upper half of the South. Just because I said the East was chaos doesn't mean that I don't have any other chaos. Well, but I have I have Wisconsin over Baylor. Uh, pulling the upset over the one seed, and then losing Whoa. to Villanova. Whoa. Whoa. And then losing to Villanova, who uh, who I have all the way to the Elite Eight. So I, I like picking a team that everyone is doubting with a coach I believe in every year. That's what I, I always want to pick one like elite, elite coach who everyone's doubting each year. And to me, that's Jay Wright this year. So I have them rolling all the way to the Elite Eight. David, Without I know. Colin Gillespie? I know. I I'm telling you, just watch. He's watch like it. Izzo. I don't doubt the coach. I doubt the fact that you, you know, the coach can't play the point. <laughs> D- D- David, you love the Big Ten this year. You got Purdue and Ohio State still in this region. I do. Uh, do you see either of those teams making a big run? Well, I I do have uh, Ohio State beating Texas Tech. Um, Actually, I think what... It, what should I be doing, by the way, with Texas Tech-Arkansas? That's one of those... Uh, that, I, I don't that, know what to do. That's a great game. Because, again, you're talking about great coaches again. Texas Tech was in the last Final Four. Right. right. I mean, don't forget that. And they have Georgetown's player. They have McClung, which is kind of interesting. But I, I've seen Arkansas play a lot this year. I, uh, I'm picking... Uh, I'm picking uh, Texas Tech. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And... Uh, uh, I, I think that's one of the toughest games of the entire tournament to pick, Texas Tech. All right, I'm going with it then. Uh, Steven Gruber, I don't know what to do with Florida and Virginia Tech. What, what do you think there? Yeah, my south region here is very uh, unique. I have Texas Tech going to the Elite Eight. Uh, I think Arkansas has a guy named Moses Mooney, Mooney who's really, really good. And I think that the Texas Tech-Arkansas could be the best matchup in the entire tournament in that second round there. But I do think Texas Tech, uh, Chris Beard has shown to have great success in the NCAA tournament with the runs that they've had. I think Texas Tech makes it to the Elite Eight and and all Texas uh, South final there with Baylor versus Texas Tech. Wow. Uh, I, I have Florida beating Ohio State in an upset. Uh, I think. Both now, does everyone like Florida teams. over Virginia Tech? Because Virginia Tech's a tough defensive I like team. I Florida over Virginia Tech, but I think that's going to be. Tech. I don't like. I don't like Florida this year, but I picked Florida over Virginia. Tech. Yeah, that that I just can't. That matchup, I don't know what to do with. I feel like Virginia Tech is so tough when I saw them play, and I don't know if Florida is. I'm just I not in love with, with the ACC. I, I, uh, ACC was down. I, I agree with you, Craig. I think the winner of that Florida Virginia Tech game. For some reason, I just think Ohio State might be ripe for an upset by the winner of that game. I don't know why. Uh, Ohio State has proven to be excellent this year, but I, for some reason, I'm just seeing that as an upset opportunity for the winner of that matchup. All right, we will get to the uh, final thoughts on the South region, and we'll have another question to throw out there. Let's go to the Dukies. We'll, we'll talk a little Duke basketball, uh, who I, I don't think we're going to get to their region. I mean, how about that? How about doing this show without talking about Duke? We'll discuss or that. Or Kentucky. Well, yeah, Duke. That that is incredible. Or Auburn. Pour out a little, a little <laughs> drop for Auburn. Uh, we will uh, discuss that all as we roll on. It's bracket breakdown presented by Gruber Law Offices on ninety four five ESPN and Wisconsin on Demand.
about some uh, teams who are not in the tournament uh, this year. Let's start uh, close to home with a team that was really close. And Steven Gruber with us uh, still. Uh, how about the Milwaukee Panthers? Uh, I mean, a team who I don't think any of us thought was going to be there, but I mean, they were a few minutes away from uh, being in the big dance, David. What an exciting run they made. Uh, I think one of my favorite nights of basketball was, say, shout out to the Horizon League. One night, I believe, in their uh, conference championships, they had three games go into overtime, and the other was a buzzer beater on the same night. And I believe that's the same night that UWM was down, I think, 24 with like six, six minutes, six minutes, 6.30 to go. And they won in overtime, which is really remarkable. So, uh, yeah, they came close, and they were up on Cleveland State late. And, uh, wow, so you, you could almost smell it. And, I mean, do you sense that there's something building there, or is it kind of start from scratch each year? Well, it's tough, especially in the last two years. I mean, and, and knowing that even after this year, you know, kids are going to be able to transfer at will. So how do you build continuity right now? Well, Coach... Coach Baldwin's excellent. He's solid. I mean, it's just every every player in college basketball, this is going to be a year like none, ever. Every kid is going to be a free agent. So every coach has to re-recruit their own players first. There are kids that are going to be starting for four years in a college, I think, and then go somewhere else because the NCAA has given every kid an extra year of eligibility and they're going to be able to play right away. I believe the ACC today, you know, some outdated rule they said that kids could transfer within conference and could play the next year too so it's all different well you say re-recruiting your own kids but you almost don't know if you want them until you know who else you can get from other schools well think about the badger situation i mean you're gonna next year i assume most of these kids are going to come back i don't know that for their seventh year (laughs) well you can have 23 24 and 25 year olds you know playing college basketball and i'll tell you what you got men playing against boys if you have 24-year-olds playing against 18- and 19-year-olds physically. But also, if you think about the Badger program, some of these players who you want to revere and who have been so... Uh, and I'm not talking about Reavers. Reveres, uh, uh, who you want to revere, but you also need to bring in the next generation of players. I mean, I feel like it could lead some awkward situations with some players, Well, right? of course. You're going you're gonna to have 20 people on the bench next year in different sports, not just basketball. But you're going to have 20 people on the bench on some teams. Wow. So, uh, Stephen uh, Watson, uh, how about Marquette? Um, you know, this was not a uh, year to remember. I guess the high points were high, right? The Badger, a- incredible victory at home and Going on the road and winning at North Carolina, but besides that, a lot of forgettable moments and uh, not a year that ended the way uh, they'd want to end, especially given a string of uh, poor finishes to Marquette seasons. Yeah, and their future is probably the most intriguing in the state right now is what they decide to do with Steve Wojciechowski. Um, you know, he's under contract through 2024. I think they have so much young talent on that team that you have to be excited about, right? Like DJ Carton and Justin Garcia are you know, really good, proven players that, that can play in big-time moments. But they have another top-20 recruiting class coming in, and, you know, Wojo's always been a very good recruiter. So I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how Marquette can bounce back because you can't deny the fact that this team hasn't won a tournament game in the Wojo era. You know, this is a program 
That it's been under- three, over 3,000 days since Marquette's won a, an NCAA tournament game. Under Crean and Buzz, it was if you didn't make the tournament, it was a potential fireable offense, right? And, and now you have Wojo, who hasn't won a game and has missed a tournament a couple of times. So at some point, you got to win the games or you got to make a change. Um, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see the direction that Marquette goes in. Steven Gruber, another uh, team or two not in there. Duke, Kentucky. I mean, that that's strange, right? I mean, he, I mean, not many tournaments we've gotten into without those two teams. And obviously Michigan State we thought was going to be on that list, but they put it together late. How about no Duke, no, uh, no Duke, no Kentucky in this tournament? A wild year, wild results. Uh, I believe it's the first time since 1975 or 1976 where there's no Duke or no Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and let's uh, look at Duke. Uh, leading scorer at Duke in the last 10 years. <clears throat> leading scorer at Duke in the last 10 years. Oh, do I have to say his name? I think you know it if oh. uh, you're saying it that way. Um Got to be Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is correct. Leading score. Still gives me nightmares from 15. Yep, uh, from Wisconsin, uh, that game. How about leading score of the last 20 years at Duke? Chris Larson? I'm going to say, I'm thinking either Kyle Singler or nope. John Shire. Nope, both incorrect. Oh, John Shire. That was a Jason Williams? Nope, didn't play long enough. Chris Duhon? Nope. It's got to be that 0-1 team, right? Should I just rattle them off? Nope. <laughs> Steven Gruber, 20 years. last 20 years, leading scorer at Duke. Grayson Allen. Nope. Oh, that was a good guess. That would have been tricky there to get him in there. Nope. I think he is second, though. What position, Craig? Oh, J.J. Redick. There you go. J- ah, okay, yeah, yeah. J.J. <laughs> Redick. Guy gets a lot of uh, buckets uh, in the uh, NBA. Uh, still getting it done there. Yeah, uh, uh, David, quick on... Uh, on on Marquette, um, you know, so we we've been so blessed, right? In Wisconsin, the last twenty years, it seems like Marquette or Wisconsin has been ranked every year. You know that again was the case with Wisconsin, but so much talent in the state. I mean, what where do you what do you see next? And do you, do you agree that what Stephen said that there is a, a base of talent there with this Marquette team, or or do we not know who this team is? I don't think I don't think the Marquette team had a lot of depth this year. You know, the the freshman Lewis, I mean, he he was injured a very big chunk of the year. I think uh coach Roger was only playing, you know, seven seven guys that he had confidence in most of the year. Uh, I thought the league was pretty even. So I think their biggest fault this year was lack of depth. I also think, and you can say this, I, I think they were hurt by playing in empty gyms. I think they had a big home court advantage, Marquette, and I think that made a difference for them. So I don't I don't think they had quite as much talent as Steven sitting next to me thinks they do. And uh, I also think it, we took for granted Marcus Howard, who wasn't good, and I think he was super. I think he was absolutely super. And... Um, we missed him a lot more. People were anxious to say, uh, hey, what are we going to be without Marcus Howard? I was never one of those to see how we're going to be anxious to be without Marcus Howard. And, of course, 
you know, losing the Housers yeah. was was unexpected. But you know, that's a that's the nature of college basketball. You know, you got kids who are starting, playing great minutes, playing well, and you know, the grass is always greener. And I'll end your answer by saying, you, you don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks too, because these kids are just going to take off because the grass is always greener. All right, let's uh, just to put a wrap on our South regions here. Um, I end up with Ohio State uh, coming out uh, as the two seed there in the South. Uh, Steven Gruber, you ended up uh, seeing them get upset. So was that uh, – who did you have rolling through there? I have Baylor beating Texas Tech. Okay, we knew Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. Baylor the one seed. Steven Watson? I have Ohio State beating Baylor. And David? I have Baylor edging Ohio State, and I like Ohio State. They never die, but I think Baylor's just going to eke by them. All right, two Baylors, two Ohio States. We get to the Midwest, and then the Final Four, as our bracket breakdown continues, presented by Gruber Law Offices on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. This is Bracket Breakdown on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Here's Craig Carmison, David Gruber, and Stephen Watson. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself. Cause if you like the way you look that much. Continuing bracket breakdown, Craig Carmazin along with David Gruber, Stephen Gruber, Stephen Watson. We were talking a little Marquette. Let's go. This one, uh, this one's a shocker for you. In the last 20 years. In the last 20 years, who had the highest scoring single season at Marquette besides Marcus Howard? So we're going 20 years. 20 years. The top single season scoring year besides Marcus Howard at Marquette. Remember, single season in 20 years. So think about, I mean, some of the names we're talking about here are, you know, we're talking about Hall of Fame type quality of players here. Is Dwayne Wade too obvious? Dwayne Wade is pretty darn obvious. And Dwayne Wade is um, number two on this list. So he is at 710 points. There is someone who has 716 points. Jesus, I remember. Sorry, I remember those streaks that Andrew Rousey went on, and my goodness, he put up a lot of points there for. Uh, a period okay, of time. so uh, Stephen Gruber, you're talking about players like Jimmy Butler, Darius Johnson Odom, Travis Diener, Jay Crowder, Lazar Hayward, Wesley Matthews, Jarrell McNeil, uh, Dwayne Wade. And your dad goes with Andrew Rousey. <laughs> and your correct. dad is correct. Oh, right. my yep. goodness. Yep. Andrew Rousey 
the second leading his senior year, 716 points, edging Dwayne Wade at 710 points for the second highest uh, season in that mix. He was appointment TV, though, I have to oh. say. I loved watching Rousey play. Steve Novak, by the way, is had the 17th leading season on that list with 541 points. He was a kid that very few kids, when the ball left his hand, I was shocked every time it didn't go in. And you can't say that about a lot of shooters these days. I mean, unbelievable I, I believe, shooter. I believe Andrew Rousey had either 40 or 45 points about a month ago in an NBA G League game. He did. His team just won the G League championship. He did. Yeah, Rousey, yeah. Uh, Rousey on that season uh, did shoot 41.5% from three. 90% from the free throw line, uh, 42 from the field. I'd like to see his percentage from just inside the circle because he wasn't hitting just threes. He was hitting deep NBA threes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Henry Ellenson, the name that was thrown out earlier, 16th on that list. I mean, Marquette has had some talent in the last 20 years, right? Yeah. My I guess mean, would have been McNeil if it and, wasn't Wade. Yeah, and when you when you think about it, year in, year out, they're in the... Uh, they're in the mix and have won the championship of uh, of the tournament, you know, the basketball tournament, and it's no doubt why. I mean, again, we didn't even mention Dominique James, uh, Vander Blue, um, you know, Sam Hauser, uh, Devontae Gardner. Uh, some great, great uh, players come through there. All right, let's go ahead to the Midwest, and it starts with Illinois. Um, Illinois is a team, David, I feel like you have uh, – you you like a lot. You like the Big Ten this year, so I'm not. I don't. I assume you like Illinois. Yes, I mean, the more I saw them play, and they got you know they have they have two giant centers. They're giant. I mean, it's a, a you know one of our guards is an All American. The other is the epitome of the old school point guard. I mean, he could really run the show. I I love the kid. Underwood is a hard-nosed coach. He's underrated. I mean, I like everything about that team. They're, they have great enthusiasm. They play well together. They root for each other. I mean, I, that team really grew on me in the last two weeks. Um, although, when you say about the, a guard who does what he's supposed to do, they could run into Jose Alvarado in that second round. Similar guards. A guy, guy from New York. New York point guard at Georgia Tech. He's not lefty like Kenny Anderson back in the day, but... I, I I like Georgia Tech in this tournament. I really like Georgia Tech in this tournament, and I think Georgia Tech's going to take down Illinois in that second round. Nine seeds won every single matchup in 2019. They were four for four. Georgia Tech, I think, is going to have a war with Loyola of Chicago. Yeah, that is Georgia a tough matchup. Tech, but Loyola of Chicago is a good no- team, hard-nosed, well-coached. I think that's going to be a war. And uh, yeah, I, I literally hadn't seen Georgia Tech play a full game until a little while, and... Uh, um, I I don't think they have the horses on the inside to battle those two two big kids. So now, Stephen Gruber, you're talking about some guys at the top of the draft in this region. We have Oklahoma State, which means we have Cade Cunningham, who a lot of people have at the top of the draft. They're a four seed, which I think surprised most people. Could you do you see them uh, with a run in them? Well, Craig, my uh, before the brackets came out. Uh, my two surprise teams to make a run were Oklahoma State and LSU. And Oklahoma State, I think they got a horrific seed, and I think they got a horrific draw, and that Illinois is so solid, and they're they're a spectacular team this year. I think that 
that that Sweet 16 matchup between Illinois and Oklahoma State. Now, I know you have Georgia Tech beating Illinois, but I, I don't think that's very likely, Craig. Uh, I have I have Illinois playing Oklahoma State in what I think will be an incredible matchup. Uh, I see Cade Cunningham probably being the first pick in the draft. He's he's sensational. Now, the 5-12 there is one that I just don't know what to do with, David. Um, Tennessee, Oregon State. Um, I I don't know what to do there. Uh, you you know Tennessee. You know the SEC. Yeah, Tennessee uh, made a little bit of a comeback in the last couple of weeks. If you recall, earlier in the season, they were in the top ten in the country. Very well coached. Um, you know that I believe that kid Fulkerson is iffy. He got a, he caught an elbow in the head. And but I I do have Tennessee over right. Oregon State. Oregon State. You know they were the Cinderella story. Just ask Bill Walton. But yeah. they were preseason uh, last in their league. So they're 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 true Cinderella, but but they have that momentum like, like Georgetown, yeah. right? Coming into it, uh, Stephen Watson, where where are you going in this bracket? You feeling Illinois? Yeah, I'm team team Kate Cunningham. I'm I'm all about uh, Oklahoma State. I, I think that as a four seed, I agree with Stephen Gruber that they were criminally poorly seeded. They beat West Virginia twice this year, who got a three seed, and the fact that as a four. Illinois has to be bumming that they're going to have to run into the best player in college basketball in Cade Cunningham in the Sweet 16. I, I have Oklahoma State in my Final Four. I do as well. David, you are from the state of New Jersey, and it is the team from the banks of the Raritan who is back in the NCAA tournament, Rutgers University, the 10 seed, uh, Big Ten Rutgers. What do you think they have in them? Uh, even though it's a seven ten, I, I do I did pick Rutgers. I think it's going to be a, a a close game. Clemson's pretty good. They're pretty athletic. I've seen them play a couple times this year. I went with Rutgers. Can Rutgers beat Houston? Which say? Can Rutgers beat Houston? That uh, the two seed? I, I I haven't seen Houston no. play at all. Houston is a grinding, ugly team. They they may play great coaching, Kelvin Sampson. They 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 grind defensively. They do just enough to score. they the league. I think Rutgers may surprise and play Houston tough, but I have Houston beating Rutgers. Yeah, so uh, as we finish out that bracket, I do have Oklahoma State over West Virginia in my regional final there. Steven, how about you? Gruber. Uh, This was the hardest matchup in the entire tournament to me. Illinois versus Oklahoma State was the most difficult choice, right up there with Michigan LSU. I have... uh, I have Oklahoma State beating Illinois in this matchup and Oklahoma State going to the Final Four beating West Virginia. Ah, you're with me, Oklahoma State. So, And Stephen Watson, you're also uh, Oklahoma State? I have Oklahoma State beating Houston to go to the Final Four. All right, and you have Illinois. Uh... I have Illinois beating Oklahoma State in a war, and I have West Virginia, Huggy Bear, I'm a Huggins fan, upsetting Houston. So I have uh, Illinois against West Virginia. Yeah, so a lot of uh, three Oklahoma States, three West Virginias uh, in this bracket. So uh, we are down to our final four. We will break that down as we continue. We'll have a few final questions. We'll we'll hit North Carolina, and we'll hit... uh, I think that's it. We're down to the end. We'll hit North Carolina. Uh, which is a little bit, might be a layup for uh, you guys uh, with the, as uh, dominant as you've been handling all these questions as we uh, complete our bracket breakdown presented by Gruber Law Offices on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.
also uh, Stephen Groover with us as well as we put a wrap on our bracket breakdown. It's time for our final four, but before that, let's hit North Carolina, who will be playing the Badgers. Leading scorer for Carolina in the last 20 years. I think this one's fairly obvious. Like, if you, like if you think of him, you'll know it's right. Steven Groover, you got it? I think I got it, too, yeah. Steven Gruber? Hey, Craig. <laughs> there you go. We got Steven Gruber back with us. All right, Chris Larson. Now, Chris knows it. I'm not letting Chris see. Steven Watson, I feel like you don't have it. Leading scorer at North Carolina over the last 20 years. In the last 20 years. Someone who was a four-year player, obviously. This is a, like it, uh, When you think of this person, you'll know it's the right answer. Oh, yeah, I got it. You got I'm it? There. Yeah. All right. Steven I'm not Wat- there yet. I'm not there. Steven Watson, why don't you give it? Because both Groovers here, I don't think it. know it. Steven well, Watson, can I, give, can us- I give like them a, a not a very likable guy? <laughs> Gritty. He played there for four years, and we probably should have played there for eight years. His face bleeding in March is like one of the iconic. Uh, t- Tyler oh, Hansborough. There you go. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Tyler Hansborough, your leading North Carolina score. All right. Let's, uh, it's time to get through our final fours. Let's go over to Chris Larson. Chris, you have said you have not officially done your bracket yet. No, correct? not yet. I mean, I still got to work on it. I, I usually don't put it in until about just before the playing game usually happens. Now, so. are you a multiple bracket person? I'm a one sheet of integrity guy, so that's why I got to do my research and just make it one. Yep. Yeah, is anyone, or Stephen Watson, are you a, a multiple bracket? No, I, I like locking in the same bracket in multiple pools. Yes, I, indeed, I like believing yes. believing in my picks. Because I think if you do enough brackets, they're like, oh, yeah, I got them. Oh, I got it's them. It's like fantasy football, right? Yeah. Like fantasy football, though, like I, I can have multiple teams and be okay with different guys. But like when it comes to my bracket, like that's my bracket. Yep, I, I agree with you. All right, Stephen Watson. So who, who do we have now in this final four of yours with Oklahoma State being your final of your final four? Um, I have, you want my full final four? Yeah. Just to recap? Yep. Gonzaga against Texas and Ohio State against Oklahoma State. So I only have one one seed in my final four. Okay. And uh, and in your championship? I have Gonzaga against Ohio State in my national championship game. Ooh. And the winner is? The Ohio State. Wow. Wow. Ohio State. I think the Big Ten has just been the best conference. They're going to be rewarded with a national champion for the first time in 20 years. Wow, Ohio State. That would be back in the championship game for the first time since Mike Conley and Greg Oden, right, was the last time when they they beat uh, Georgetown in the Final Four, I believe, en route to uh, that championship game. Beat Tennessee to get there. Yeah. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, David, uh, your uh, final four. Well, I ha- by the way, the big question I have is, after 40 years, I'm not sure if it's Gonzaga or Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga, because it's it the Gonzaga? Zags. That's how I always remind sure? Yes, yes okay. it's the Zags. That's well, how I remind myself. I have Gun- Gonzaga over Baylor. I have... Uh... Although, they can't play each other. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That would be uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading off a different sheet, thank you. I have Gonzaga over Alabama. Okay. Yeah. And then I have uh, Illinois and Baylor. Or Illinois your other, and your... Baylor. And I have Illinois over Baylor. 
Ah, so another Big Ten matchup with Gonzaga in the finals, like uh, like you had, Stephen. And is it the Big Ten getting it done again? It is not. It is Gonzaga 79, Illinois 74. Now, and that would be particularly meaningful, right? Because that would be the first team since Indiana to really pull off a season like this, right? You know? The, the, I mean, it's a long time. Yeah, they went 72 and 0. undefeated. We've seen, you know, St. Joe's. I remember, right? That was one of the teams that made it uh, undefeated, I believe, to the NCAA tournament. Along I have one. With, I have one which will be near to your heart. I believe it was seventy four or was it seventy five that Rutgers went undefeated into the Final Four and then lost undefeated. in the Final Four, right? And then lost twice in the Final Four because there was a consolation bracket. There. Oof. Oh, that third place game must not have been fun to play after uh, losing uh, Tom Young's Rutgers team. Um, Phil Sellers. So Illinois falls to Gonzaga as uh, Gonzaga uh, is that uh, next. And by the way, name who are those uh, five starters for Indiana? Well, Ken Benson, who was a buck. He's been waiting for you to ask that. Quinn Buckner, who was a buck. Um, Let's see, Bobby Wilkerson, who played in the league for a while. Let's see. Um, oh, Scott May, who mo- basically was a bull most of his career, but had a cup of coffee with the Bucks. And then the trivia question, which everybody asks, who's the fifth starter, is, is a guy named Tom Abernethy, not Abernathy. So that was always a good trivia question. That is uh, pretty impressive. Three bucks, though. That is uh, impressive. Stephen Groover, your final four. My final four, Gonzaga plays against LSU, and Baylor plays against Oklahoma State. I have Gonzaga beating LSU, and I have Baylor beating Oklahoma State. With a matchup of Gonzaga-Baylor in the national championship, and I have the Zags taking it home. Ah, so father and son both go with the Zags undefeated, getting it done. Tough to find a weakness, like when you pick Gonzaga to lose, I couldn't really figure out why they would. So that's why I ended up with uh, where I went, which was Gonzaga defeating Florida State to go to the championship game. Uh, The other side, I had Ohio State falling to Oklahoma State. Oh, you're Team Cade. And I had in the Carmelo Anthony of the new millennium run, I have Oklahoma State winning the national championship with the only way Gonzaga is going to lose in this tournament is if it's to the best player in the tournament, which I think is Cade Cunningham, and that's, uh, that is your national champion, Oklahoma State. Wow. David, I don't hate that, it. That I don't look, hate it. Who's a, a four seed. I agree with what was mentioned earlier, too. I thought their four seed was silly. I thought heading into the weekend they were going to end up being maybe the last two seed at best uh, at worst maybe a first or second three seed so i think that's that's rough who do you guys compare Cade cunningham to uh, as as this you know potential number you know number one pick uh, in the draft steven gruber anyone who he reminds you of it's difficult because with his size and passing ability i mean he's not magic johnson uh, but it's that type of player where he's just a big point guard, just makes solid decisions. His shooting is is okay. He's not a great three-point shooter, but uh, his feel for the game, his basketball IQ is just it's unmatched when you when is you that, talk is, about his size. But isn't that his, LeBron his in some ways? Just not as yeah. physical, but you know. But that sounds like LeBron when you describe him a little bit. 
I don't know if he has the explosiveness at this stage that LeBron has. Uh, LeBron, as, as we all know, is just an absolute freak athlete. I think Cunningham's a really good athlete, but he's not a LeBron-level explosion athlete. Yeah, and LeBron kind of grew into being a point guard, whereas Cunningham you know, has kind of the benefit of having you know, come after players where, you know, where people like Giannis have been given the ball and, and Cade Cunningham has, has been given the ball and will have it for Oklahoma State, uh, which I think is going to be fascinating to see. As, as you all said, I think Illinois is a really good team yeah. also. I mean, so that, 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 is, that could be one of the real, real incredible games of can this we, tournament. Can we take an appreciation? Craig, you, know, you know what's interesting? Oh, sorry, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You know, it's interesting. Everybody keeps talking about this Illinois-Oklahoma State matchup. And what gets lost in that is that Illinois' coach was Oklahoma State's coach. Mike Boynton, who's the coach of Oklahoma State, was an assistant under Brad Underwood. And Brad Underwood left, uh, what was it, two years ago to take over at Illinois. So it would be Illinois, there would be the assistant coach playing against the head coach and the guy coaching against a bunch of guys that he recruited. Wow. Jose Alvarado, though. Remember that name from Georgia Tech. That's my guy. He's going to take down Illinois. All right. We got to run. This is two hours. It's flown by. So fun to talk college basketball. I know. It, I, it's, I, Dickie V was dancing around. I felt the same way he did. Just that there's an actual bracket. There's an actual tournament. This is so good. And a, a guy who we know loves it and a guy who we know could probably name the entire uh, Hoosiers uh, roster from 1976 is Homer. He's coming in next. Uh, thanks for listening to Bracket Break. Down presented by Gruber Law Offices. Thanks to Stephen Watson, Stephen Gruber, Chris Larson, David Gruber. It's 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin.